Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah il Ali il A'la. Alladi khalaqa fasawwa. Walladi qaddara fahada. Ashadu annahu la ilaha illahu. Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh. Sahibu al-maqam al-mu'allam. Amma ba'd fa'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقضى ربك ألا تعبدوا إلا إياه وبالوالدين إحسانا صدق الله العظيم Honorable scholars, respected brothers, listeners The Quran and the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam place great emphasis on the status, the stature, the virtue, and the rights of parents. Actually, if you look at the famous verse of the Quran, Allah Taala says, "Wakaba Rabbuka Alla Taabudu Illa Iyahu Wabilwalidain Ihsana." Immediately after making mention of the rights of Allah Himself, which is the greatest right upon the creation, Allah makes mention of the rights of parents. And there are multitudes of ahadith and incidents from the seerah and the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam from which we can glean the very high position, the very high status and the very high level of rights that Islam has given via the Quran and via the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam to parents. Then we know about the added virtue of mothers. When the Sahabi came to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, a famous incident, and he said, Ya Rasulullah, who has the greatest right over me? And the Nabi of Allah said, Your mother. And then he said, After who, who? He said, Your mother. And he said, Who? The third time, he said, Your mother. And then when he said, For the fourth time, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Your father. At times we perhaps misunderstand this hadith, which gives greater virtue and status to the mother, because of the exertions and the sacrifices of the mother which the Qur'an highlights. حَمَلَتْهُ أُمُّهُ وَهْنًا عَلَىٰ وَهْنٍ وَفِصَالُهُ فِي عَمَيْنِ The mother is the one who is to carry you for nine months in her belly. The mother is the one who has to go through the pains and the pangs of childbirth. And the mother is the one who has to suckle you for two years and nurture you in a manner which is very difficult and challenging. And hence, Islam has given that added virtue and status and right to a mother. But that for a moment should not, or at any moment should not lead us to misunderstand the rights, the position, the status and the virtue of a father. You know, when it's occasions like this, a public holiday, I always try and choose a topic which I feel needs addressing in the community. And of late, this has been on my mind for quite some time. And this is no, in no way meant to be a competition. That is very petty and petulant, you know. Sometimes when you talk about the rights of the husband, then women get all worked up. No, but what about our rights? And you talk about the rights of the wife, then men get all worked up. But what about our rights? You don't have to discuss the two simultaneously. Each have their independent rights and virtue. And discussing the one and discussing shortcomings with regards to the one in no way means that mothers should not be treated well or mothers should not be appreciated. So... I want to address you today on the position of a father, the role of a father, the sacrifices of a father, and perhaps our shortcoming in not showing adequate appreciation and giving adequate acknowledgement for what fathers are doing and for what fathers have done. 
There are two challenges that we face. One is an ideological global challenge. We see the rise of feminism. We see the rise of the whole activist uh, movement for gender equality. And the consequence of that, either unintended or intended, is that we're moving towards a matriarchal system, which unintentionally or intentionally is meant to emasculate a man, diminish the role of the husband, and put the husband of the put the role of the father into the periphery and that from an islamic perspective is problematic we know what allah says categorically in the quran men are the guardians over women the man is the ultimate head of the family and this does not mean that the woman is not equal it just means that she is not identical in islam men and women are created equal not identical the relationship is meant to be complementary not competitive so we do not license abuse of women, marginalization of women, but we say men and women are different, even though they are equal servants of Allah And women in their regard have their added virtue. Like Nabi said, the mother three times over the father. But at the same time, men have their role and their responsibility. So that's an ideological thing, that globally you're seeing this movement, gender equality, feminism, and the activism that goes with that. And the result of it, whether it's intentional or unintentional is, the role of the man is downplayed, it's down diminished. The role of the husband and the father is now left to the periphery. And the role of the mother is meant to be made central to the exclusion of the father. So if the accusation was that we were patriarchal society, we're now moving towards a matriarchal society. And Islam is the one that gives the balance between the two. But that's a different discussion. I'm just making a reference to it in passing. My focus is not on the broader ideological issue of what is the role of the father in Islam versus Western concepts and Western ideology. I'm saying within our own homes, within our own community, there's more of a practical challenge where there's a lack of an adequate understanding of what the role of the father actually is and what the role of the father, what the contribution of the father is and what the sacrifice of the father is and what level of appreciation and acknowledgement we need to show fathers. And that's what I want to address today. That sometimes certain things are just taken for granted until it is highlighted. If you look at the virtue of a father in the light of the ahadith of Rasulullah apart from what I've already mentioned, that wherever the Quran talks about the rights of parents, the father is included. Wherever the ahadith talk about the rights of parents, the father is included. It's not to the exclusion of the father. The mother has this added virtue as a result of what I just explained. You know, carrying the child, nursing the child, suckling the child, nurturing the child. Rasulullah said, Al-Walidu awsatu abwabil jannah. Your father is the middle door to jannah. Jannah lies under the feet of your mother, but you've got to pass through the door. Your father is the middle door to Jannah. Now it's up to you whether you want to safeguard that door or whether you want to destroy that door. In other words, it's up to you in terms of how you appreciate, acknowledge, reciprocate and treat your father as to whether you're going to secure your entry into Jannah or compromise your entry into Jannah. You know, if you want to understand the virtue of a father, Look at the emphasis that Islam has put on lineage. Besides Isa salam, who is known as Isa ibn Maryam, for obvious reasons, every other child or offspring, no matter who you are, your lineage is attributed to your father, not to your mother. When Zayd bin Haritha was sold to as a slave to Khadija radiallahu anha, and she gave him as a gift to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the Nabi of Allah freed him, 
And his bond with Rasulullah was so strong that even when his relatives eventually found him and wanted to take him back to his biological parents, he refused because of the strong bond that he had developed with Rasulullah. When society started to call him Zayd, the son of Muhammad, there can be no greater appellation, right, to be known as the son of the greatest of Allah's creation. Immediately the revelation came. This boy has a biological father. Call him Zayd ibn Haritha. Do not attribute his lineage even to the greatest of ancestry. And that is Rasulullah So that alone should tell you about the position of your father. That Islam has given. Look at, look at how strict. Immediately the revelation came. As much as he's got this bond with Rasulullah and the Nabi of Allah has got this bond with him. He never knew his biological father. He was snatched in, 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 in when he was still a toddler. Allah says, no, he cannot be called Zayd ibn Muhammad. He has to be called Zayd ibn Haritha. Let me say, even if you have the worst of husbands, you have the worst of fathers, it was the most acrimonious of divorce. Those women who changed the name of their children to reflect a maternal lineage rather than a paternal lineage, you're contradicting a categoric and a direct instruction of the Quran. That person's wrongdoing as a husband or a father on its place, unjustified, condemned. But this is two wrongs, don't make a right. You have to understand what position Islam has given. We can't interfere with that. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi could not interfere with that. You want to understand the position of a father? I go to another hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi The Nabi of Allah says, "Inna abar al birri, the best of deeds, the most virtuous of deeds, is to honor your father's friends after your father's eyes is closed. The most virtuous of deeds. Look at the position of a father. We're not diminishing or in any way undermining the role of a mother. But this is our topic for today." Your father has got such a right over you. Your father has got such an exalted position that even after his eyes have closed, when you see someone who was close to your father, you have to honor him. You have to be courteous to him. You have to, it's amongst the most virtuous of acts. See, even if your father is a non-Muslim, if you go to Surah Maryam, Ibrahim Alayhi father was a non-Muslim, one. He was an idol worshiper, two. He was a manufacturer of idols. He was the means of others committing the greatest act, uh, the greatest crime, which is shit. Yet, when he talks to his father about the most important topic, Tawheed, look at the words of the Quran. Oh, my beloved father. Oh, the youth of today that call their fathers by the first name. Oh, those of us who feel that our father fell short of our expectations so we can call him out or refer to him in a respectable and in a contemptible way. This was a non-Muslim mushrik manufacturer of idols. And look at how Ibrahim spoke to him. And who was Ibrahim? Khalilullah. Ya abati. Oh, my beloved father. Didn't attack him directly. Asked him a question. Tell me, I'm trying to understand, why do you worship that which does not benefit you in any way? Today you want something, your father can't afford it, you're ready to take him on. You did nothing for me. Look at that one's father. Look at what they do for him. 
Today, people with, with pride, I mean, I've come across men who've cried, grown men who've cried. The son looks at him, the daughter looks at him, you did nothing for us. Our mothers did everything. I was once involved in a case where the son who was a professional made a remark. He said, my father never educated me, my mother educated me. The father cried like a baby. He said, Moana, I paid every single cent of his fees. Today he's a millionaire because of me. Perhaps he didn't realize I was transferring the money. His mother did some home industries. She supplemented his spending. And today he stands in front of his siblings, in front of his mother, and the mother is quiet. You didn't educate me. You didn't bring me up. My mother brought me up. This is not a defense of fathers who are abusive. This is not a defense of fathers who totally neglect their families. No, that is a different matter. We're talking here about fathers who are generally good. They're not perfect, but they're generally good. Like no, like no son or no daughter or no mother or no wife is perfect. We're talking about men who are generally good. See, you have to understand something. The mother, Allah has created her differently. Women are more expressive. So the mother will declare her love all the time. My bachu, my darling, my kaleju, my this, my dad, my everything, right? The mother will hug you all the time. The mother will kiss you all the time. So the children also become more expressive to the love of their mother. Because this is how Allah has created a mother. Fathers are not so expressive. You must try to be as far as possible. But Allah has created the DNA, the psyche, the anatomy of a man a little bit different. So men don't always tell their children that, you know, I love you and my darling and my dikru and my this and my that. We should make an effort. Not that we shouldn't make an effort. And sometimes this creates the impression that my mother loves me, but my father doesn't love me. That couldn't be further from the truth. My boy, the fact that you have a roof over your head, the fact that the school is not calling you out for unpaid fees, the fact that you can eat whatever you desire from multiple dishes on the table. The fact that you have a cupboard full of clothes that's overflowing. You don't know what to do with it. The fact that you're wearing a couple of grand shoes on the day of Eid. The, day, the fact that you're going for holiday. The fact that you have a car to drive. Is that not evidence enough that your father loves you? He may not be the most expressive of people. He may not be able to show his he may not be able to show his emotion in the manner that your mother does. And Allah has created women more expressive because, you know, when the child falls off the bicycle, the mother starts crying. The child is still laughing, but the mother is crying. The father has to play a different role. So he's not so expressive in emotions because at times he needs to be stern. He needs to make the tough decisions. The mother makes the emotional decisions. The father has to make the rational decisions. Again, I, I alert you, it's not a competition between mother and father. The mother has her rights and it should not be transgressed or violated or undermined in any way. But today we're talking about the rights, the status, the stature, the virtue and the position of a father in Islam. You know, sometimes we need to be very careful with the kind of words that we express. You see, men are less expressive. So when you say it, your father may not say nothing, anything. Your mother will throw a tantrum. I do everything for you, I cook for you, I clean for you and you talk to me like that. Your father will just keep quiet. But it doesn't mean there isn't a pain in his heart. And I'm not only addressing youth who are teenagers, I'm addressing even middle-aged men whose fathers are still alive. How often do we acknowledge, do we appreciate, do we put on record what our fathers have done for us? Somebody has given a very beautiful example. Let's say if you're a driver, right? You're driving a car. So what are you interacting with? The steering wheel, the gears, the, what you call the accelerator, the brake panel, the indicators. So you think that the steering wheel, the gears, the accelerator, the brake pedals, that's what's making the car move. But in reality, what is it? 
It's the engine. Switch off the engine and that car becomes a toy. So of course, your daily interaction and routine, who makes your lunch before you go to school, who tucks you into bed, who makes sure your clothes are clean, your daily interaction is perhaps more direct with your mother. So you have a stronger bond, a stronger communication with your mother. But who's making everything run? Who's fueling everything? Who's making sure that there's an environment conducive for you to study, to do your homework? Who makes sure that there's enough money to pay the person who's ironing your clothes? Who's washing your clothes? Who makes sure there's enough money there for there to be food on the table? Your father is the engine of the family. Your father is the fuel of the family. Sometimes, I mean, there's, there's, there's fathers who say, they, they, they cry. They say, you know, Maulana, maybe we can't afford a holiday. So as husband and wife, we sit down and we say, okay, we're going for holiday, we'll go half and half. Maybe the wife has got a job to supplement the income, or we got a job, uh, she's doing some home industry, or maybe whatever, maybe she's got her own varso, her father was very rich. There are those like me who never looked at the father-in-law's bank balance before they got married, but then there are those who were sharper than me, they made the right decision. Anyway, father-in-law's not here, so I can say certain things. But then he says, Mulana, you know, the, the child will remark, oh, mommy took us for holiday. Oh, you know, mommy had to pay half. Hey, listen here, if daddy never pay all the bills, if daddy never pay all the bills, there would be no holiday in the first place. Daddy could only manage half because he's got so much more responsibility to carry. If mommy is supplementing, she's doing it without a sense of duty obligation. She may be bringing a little extra, but who's the man responsible in the eyes of Allah? Who's the man responsible in the face of society? It's your father. Only when you become my father will you know how burdensome it is to carry the financial responsibility of a family. And then sometimes, unless we forget, until our own children start returning the favor to us, and then we realize, I did, I did bad by my dad. Now when my children are doing the same to me, now only I realize, that's not how I should have shown appreciation to my father. Let me say this. Do you know what's the father's responsibility? The father is only responsible for you until you become balik. Once you become balik, even if you're at the age of 12 or 13, you're responsible for your own financial, uh, financial well-being. Which father tells his son at the age of 12, 13, 14, my boy, you're on your own. And even for the daughters, the father is not responsible to the extent that fathers in the main. Again, I'm not talking about abusive fathers, extremely neglectful fathers. Which father tells his daughter, you only have two dresses, one on and one in the wash. We only have one dish. We only have one meal for the day. Who said, your father is not obligated to take you for holiday at all. It's not your father's obligation to send you for Umrah, Islamically. It's not your father's obligation to send you for Hajj. It's not your father's obligation to pay for your wedding or to pay for your walima or to pay for university fees. It's not your father's obligation to give you a trousseau. Yet, which father doesn't do it? And we feel, no, our fathers haven't done enough for us. There needs to be a greater appreciation for dads. I don't want to invoke the wrath of the women listening. But, like I say, this must not become a petulant, petty kind of conversation. We, on other occasions, not too long ago on a public holiday, I spoke about the rights of wives and the rights of women. So today I am addressing this particular issue because there are many, many fathers who are crying out as a result of this. You know, what, you know what the thing is? The majority of what a Muslim father owns or earns is spent on his family, not on himself. If you're earning hypothetically 10 grand a month, what percentage of that 10K are you spending on yourself? Is your father spending on himself? 
And what percentage of that 10K is he spending on his wife and his children? And he doesn't do it grudgingly. He does it wholeheartedly. Fathers want to give their children a life better than what they experienced. So as much as we acknowledge mothers, we have to appreciate the role of our fathers. We have to appreciate the sacrifice that they went through. You know, to sit in traffic every day, to slog at work, to get the abuse from the boss, to get the complaints from the customers. You're not well. You're also sick. But there are bills to pay. Your father tosses around at night. How am I going to make the fees? How am I going to pay the water and lights? How am I going to pay the rent? Is that not something worthy of deep appreciation? That this is what our fathers went through. Many of us, now we may have a comfortable life, but when we look back, our fathers struggled. They were working class. They were working class. Then your father had to work 30 years to buy his house. You inherited his house. And then we fail to acknowledge that who set us up, who educated us, who created the opportunities for us, who put us on the pathway to success. Sometimes your father may have been a simple man, not as educated as you were, not as fancy in his ideas and innovative in his strategies as you are, but he worked damn hard to get the family where they are today. If he succeeded, alhamdulillah, if he failed, he still tried. Results are not in his control. Results are in the control of Allah Taala. So we make an appeal to our mothers out there that it's imperative upon the mother to remind the kids about the father's contribution. Sometimes the father comes home from a long day at work. He's tired. He's moody. He's sleepy. He doesn't want to chat. Now instead of lambasting him in front of the children, that's the time to make the children understand he went out there to earn a living so we can live comfortably. He's got some stress. As much as we tell men, leave the stress outside the door. They are humans. Make your children understand the value that their father brings to the family. Don't suffer from a complex as a mother, as a wife, where you try to steal your husband's thunder all the time. No, dad did this, Jazakallah, dad. Yeah, but I also, I also helped out. I also did this. You already enjoy a natural bond, which is unprecedented, which is unsurpassable between you and, and your child. Try and, and create a climate within the home. Otherwise, this then moves from generation to generation where there's a lack of an appreciation, acknowledgement and understanding of the role of a father. To the children, whilst you have the opportunity, appreciate your dad. Acknowledge him. Even if you've grown up and you're independent yourself, regularly repeat it to him. He may not want to hear it or he may not tell you he wants to hear it, but he's human at the end of the day. Acknowledge it. That because of you, we are where we are. We acknowledge your sacrifice. We understand what you had to go through in life to be able to give us what we have today. And if your dads have passed on, then the most powerful thing is Isale Tawab. To continuously remind them that I have not forgotten about you because they received that Isale Tawab as gifts. Even if your father died and he was upset with you. But if you make Isale Tawab for him regularly, perpetually on the day of Qiyamah, he'll be happy with you. Because you've done something for him which he couldn't do for himself. You've done something for him which he couldn't do for himself. And we notice that whenever there's an issue between husband and wife, whether it leads to divorce or it doesn't need to lead to divorce, children at times unfairly and unjustifiably gravitate towards the mother's side. Now look, either your father is wrong or he's not. If he's not wrong, then it's unjust for you to do that. But if he's wrong also, it's incorrect for you to do that. Ibrahim Alayhi father was a mushrik. 
And look at how he spoke to him. So whatever happens between your father and your mother, they are answerable to Allah. You can have an opinion, you can have a thought, but you must guard your tongue. Even if it's a divorce, even if it's an acrimonious divorce, that man is still your father. On the day of Qiyamah, when they call out your name, they will call you as the son or as the daughter of that man. Not as the son and the daughter of your mother, not as the wife to your husband, not as the husband to your wife. That is a position which Allah has given to him with all of his imperfections and with all of his shortcomings. If Ibrahim who was Khalilullah, was not allowed to disrespect his father, even after his father told him, get out, otherwise I'll kill you. He said, Salamun Ali, Dad, may Allah be with you. May Allah be with you. He did not retaliate in any way, in a negative way. You know, brothers, fathers slaughtered their dreams so that the dreams of their children can come true. A man earns and then he walks into a shopping center and he takes a set step back. Let the wife buy what she wants. Let the children buy what they want. If there's something left, of, left over, then I'll buy what I want. Do you know what that does to a man? When after paying all of the bills, you got very little or nothing to splash on yourself, to spoil yourself and then to go home to a wife who's ungrateful and to children who are ingrates not recognizing the contribution and the sacrifice of the father. Somebody so beautifully said that the quality of a father can be seen in the goals and the dreams and the aspirations that he sets for his family. Your mother may be packing your lunch, she may be helping you with your homework, but the one designing a noble destiny by the will of Allah for you is your dad. It's your dad. So brothers, there's a lot that we can, we can speak about, but appreciate your fathers whilst they're still alive. Especially those upon whom you are still dependent and it's tough economic times. How often won't you see at a function? The woman is dressed to the nines, the children are shining, the man comes with old gout. Now I rather do for them. Your father gets more joy when he buys you his first car than the day when he bought his own car. Your father will get more joy the day you graduated than the day he graduated. He may not express it in the way that your mother does, but boy, it's in his heart. Otherwise, he would not have done half of what he's done for you and what he will continue to do for you. There's much to say and much time has lapsed. Let me conclude with this. I started off by saying that Islam has given both parents their rights and the mother has an added virtue. There's no doubt about it. We shouldn't make this a competition where women are abused. That is condemned where women are undermined. That's condemned. But today the topic is about showing greater appreciation to our fathers. They may not express their love as much as our mothers do. They may not show it, but they the engine and they the fuel supply behind that vehicle, which is the family unit. Today you see the world over dysfunctional societies are as a result of fathers who are taken out of the equation. Fathers who are emasculated, homes where, it, where there isn't a father figure. Hats off to single mothers. They try the utmost, but Allah has given men certain things which women don't have. And Allah has given women certain things which men don't have. The middle door to Jannah is your father. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, it's up to you now, whether you guard it or you destroy it. Don't get caught up in trying to play your father down and play your mother up. Each have their virtue. Let me leave you with this. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, the pleasure of Allah is in the pleasure of your father. And the displeasure of Allah is in the displeasure of your father. As much as Jannah lies under the feet of mother, as much as you can't read the kalima if you disobey your mother or your parents, father is included in all of those warnings and all of those virtues. But here's a very specific, emphatic 
categoric instruction from Rasulullah You want Allah to be happy with you, your father must be happy with you. And if, you, Allah is, if you, your father is unhappy with you, Allah is unhappy with you. You see, not every son or every daughter is disrespectful or rude or unappreciative. No, there are some. The majority do show a fair degree of respect, appreciation and acknowledgement. But my message is give adequate acknowledgement. Give adequate appreciation. Give adequate praise. And give an adequate sentiment within the community for the role, the status, the position, the virtue, the sacrifice and the contribution of fathers. May Allah Taala make us from among such obedient children. May Allah make us from amongst the noble fathers. And may Allah Taala grant me and all of us the understanding. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.